ye. It's time for the Sports King Show, live on Sports 1061. The show with scores, interviews, the hottest topics, and the biggest sports stories of the day. It's the show where you'll hear from the players that make the plays, as well as the key coaches and personnel who make it happen. All of this and live phone calls from you, the Sports King Nation. Now, direct from his castle, located in an undisclosed location in the capital city of Richmond, Virginia, let's welcome to the throne, his highness, Jamie King, the Sports King, on Sports 1061. Hey, good morning, everybody. Friday morning. Hope you're enjoying your day so far. Hope it's off to a great start as you ride into work or listen from wherever you are. We thank you so much for being a part of the program on this Friday. We've got a lot to get to, of course, our own Ben Maitland. Uh, if I can bring him down from the clouds of his Atlanta Braves, they just continue to roll. And, boy, is he excited on this Friday morning. Before we get to all of that, we're going to go through the NBA, of course, talk about that. Can the Heat come back in any way? And what will it take, minus some of their key weapons? We've got the Major League Baseball. We're going to talk about the games from yesterday, as well as what's on tap for today. An NFL preview segment, too. We're going to go through each game. I'll give you my analysis on the games as we move through the show. I do want to say this morning that the Sports King yesterday told you of all the candidates in Philadelphia, Doc Rivers was the guy. So yesterday afternoon, Doc Rivers became the guy. There's nobody better for that young Philadelphia 76er team that has no accountability. Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, those guys haven't been coached the right way so far. Now they will. Watch a dramatic rise in the win total next year for the 76ers. And I'm not saying they're ready to have a parade in Philadelphia yet, but I will say this will be marketably better, and they're going to improve dramatically over time. They will be a team to contend with. Remember that. What he did with the Celtics, winning a title, he will also do with Philadelphia. They will be a contender, not immediately, but they will be. Remember, you heard it here on this Friday. want to thank our sponsors of the Sports King Show. We want to thank the Nerve Company. Never underestimate Radical Vision. You can reach CEO Andrew Fisher and his outstanding team in Denver, Colorado. And we say good morning to everyone in Denver. Think outside the website.com. They do graphics, website design, marketing plans. They do it all. And they do it at www.thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. How about our friends CMA Colonial Honda? They continue to keep lives moving forward. Go out and see for yourself. New cars, used cars, an amazing selection, which can be delivered directly to your door if you'd like them to. President and General Manager Tim Cosgrove has the best car selling team in the country, and they will make it happen for you every single time at CMA's Colonial Honda. And, folks, if you're interested in that car, if you can't get out, if you happen to pick one you like online, they can do the deal right at your kitchen table. Tim Cosgrove will make it happen. He's not going to turn down a deal. I mean, he's told me as much. He said, whatever I can do to help the community, if they can't get to me, we're going to get to them. And I was like, wow. They drove my vehicle an hour to my home, and we did the deal. They'll do the same for you. Whether you're in Central Virginia, they are going to get to you somehow. They'll give you the best service anywhere. That's CMA Colonial Honda and the outstanding president and general manager, Tim Cosgrove. You have his word on it. And the podiatry centers with Dr. Paul Ross. If you have a foot problem of any kind, Dr. Ross and his staff will get you on the road to recovery. 
Austin's in Springfield, Virginia, Bethesda, Maryland. Join the over 240,000 and growing. I'm one of them. Uh, people that have been seen by the best in the business, Dr. Paul Ross in the Podiatry Center. The Sports King Show features the Ross Rules of Foot Care. Heard here weekly to help those in need of foot care advice and assistance. And it's our great friend, Joe Moglia. The Joe Moglia Report, <clears throat> excuse me, brought to you exclusively by Coastal Carolina University. Listen to the current chairman of TD Ameritrade, who offers insight on life, finance, and sports. It's heard here weekly in the Sports King Show. It is the Joe Moglia Report. Well, last night, here's my recap on the Thursday night affair. And this was a close one for me, close to my heart in many ways, as the Denver Broncos find a way and defeat the J-E-T-S Jets, 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 37-28. to The reason this game was special for me, there were two key reasons. One of which, Deshaun Hamilton, the outstanding former wide receiver at Penn State, the Nittany Lions, who played at Mountain View High School in Stafford, Virginia. My good friend Kevin Brown, uh, head coach of that team on the basketball side, I had the opportunity to assist and work with him and work with Deshaun. And so I've always rooted for him. What an outstanding young man. To see him playing Thursday night, Monday night, whatever Sunday, it's just exciting to watch him, and I rooted for him. And, of course, uh, he has done well for himself in Denver as he finds his way in that Denver offense. And with all the quarterback changes, it's been quite a challenge, as you can imagine, for any receiver, especially a young one. But my excitement for last night goes deeper. Brett Rippon, and if that name sounds familiar, it is. Uh, of course, I hosted the Mark Rippon Show back when – the Washington team, football team, was the Washington Redskins and hosted his program during the historic run, the 14-2 and season when they won the world title back in 1991. And, yes, Sports King is old. That's a long time. But dating back to then, I remember, of course, Brett Rippon coming on the scene from a young boy all the way up through high school and as he went to college. So I want to congratulate his mom and dad, Tim and Julie Rippon, who were no doubt on the edge of their seats last night with excitement, and they are just two of the finest people you would ever meet, as is Mark Rippon, the proud uncle last night. And it was exciting for the entire Rippon family to see the name back in the NFL in excitement for me that I just uh, couldn't contain myself to see the young man who I followed all the way through high school until last night to see him start and get his first win as a NFL quarterback. It was exciting throughout the game, 37-28, as the Broncos improved to 1-3. And and, uh, Coach uh, Vic Vic Fangio said it was an up-and-down performance. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I want to take you to last night, one of the key plays of the game. This is from the Rippon playbook here because Melvin Gordon ripped one off, a long run to seal it for the Broncos. But he went into the middle of the line, and there was nothing there. It was all bottled up, and he bounced outside. Well, in carrying his fake out, as most young quarterbacks do, you carry the fake out. Many people say, why do I carry the fake out? Why do I have to do it effectively? Well, you do it effectively to lead the linebacker away from the play. You're trying to pull people away, obviously, from the running back. Well, when he follows through with his handoff and goes out to his left side, Gordon, who was bottled up, bounced it outside. It was Rippon who had the foresight to run downfield and get in front of a defensive back, trying to throw a block, which he did, which sprung Gordon for the touchdown. This is what it sounded like last night on ESPN's Thursday Night Football. 
formation with Gordon who has to bounce and now this is the play they need. Gordon is going to get toward the end zone and in. He got a great block from Brett Rippon, the quarterback, and after bouncing it, Melvin Gordon has basically ended this ball game. 43-yard carry by Gordon, and that is the knockout blow. And the block by Rippon wasn't, and will not go down in blocking Hall of Fame history, but he got enough of the play. And I apologize, that was on Fox uh, last night, not ESPN, and uh, that was Joe Buck on the call. So when you look at what happened uh, on the play, he got just enough of the defender to spring Gordon. Adam Gase, folks, let me tell you this, awful, with a capital A, got to go. And I predict, and I've been right on the money with this on my coaching predictions, I don't think the guy makes it through the week. He shouldn't make it through the week. The Jets are awful. And I'll tell you why and how bad they are from an awful standpoint. They're an undisciplined group. Greg Williams, many people think, you know, great defensive coordinator, and yes, he knows defense. I'm not taking that away from him. But why is it the Jets or any team he's associated with have the late hits, the cheap shots, the plays that are just after the whistle? It's part of what he does and part of what he coaches. And these guys, for whatever reason, follow this type of coaching and they're an undisciplined group. And for me, it goes back to Greg Williams and his defensive philosophy. Yes, I love the toughness. Yes, I want people to hit within the rules. But when you look at the entirety of the game, it was absolutely terrible the amount of late hits that the Jets had and the things they were doing. They were just stupid penalties. And I think it goes back from Greg Williams to, of course, Adam Gase. They need a clean house there. I don't know if they're going to do it now. I don't know if they're going to wait for a while. But it needs to be done nonetheless. Afterwards, as I said, Fangio said the game was uh, good, up and down. We hit some big plays, which is always important. But, you know, Brett threw the three interceptions. You're not going to win many times in the league. We found a way in spite of that. Now, one of them was a throwaway, which he should have thrown in the cheap seats, and he'll learn. He's a smart guy. And, of course, Rippon was told by Fangio Monday night he was going to start the game. Three days later, he finished 19-31 passing for 242 yards to go with two touchdowns, which were – one was a great reception and three interceptions, two of which uh, the picks came back on back-to-back possessions in the fourth quarter. One, unfortunately, for Riffin was returned for a touchdown by Pierre Desir, who is definitely picking on him throughout the game, 10.45 remaining in the game. And Riffin talked about the game afterwards. He said it was a long week for sure. Even though it was a short week, it was great to get out there. I'm really proud of the guys for fighting through all the adversity to get the win. So when you look at the totality, when you're told you're going to start a game and you have three days to prepare in the NFL, it's tough, especially for a young guy. And, of course, he had some bad decisions, but he avoided sacks for an offense that had allowed 13 sacks in the past two games and did not surrender one to the Jets on Thursday night. So that was a great step forward for the Broncos. Due to the elusiveness, if you will, of Brett Rippon, he was able to get away from people and protect the football. And don't think it wasn't from a lack of trying from the Jets' standpoint. They threw everything but the chicken uh, kitchen sink in terms of uh, all of the things that they wanted. The defensive coordinator Greg Williams tried to rattle them, try to send blitzes off the corner, up the middle. Uh, they did a lot of stunting, but the Jets, undisciplined Jets again, crossed the line six personal fouls in the game. Several of those were hits on Rippon, and in the final two seconds of the game, they still went at it. It was unbelievable. Fangio, after the game, 
had to take his players off the field following the final play and kneel down by Rippon. And it was just ridiculous. As Fangio said, we just had to get these guys off the field. It was not good late. And Rippon Rippon said that uh, they did take a couple of shots late. Let's listen to head coach Vic Fangio and his comments after the game about the cheap shots. Well, there just was a couple personal fouls there at the end. And our our sideline was getting uh, pissed off about it. And I just wanted to avoid any confrontation at the end of the game and having it get ugly there. So I tried to get our guys to leave quickly just to avoid anything happening there. I thought it was the prudent thing to do. It was a prudent thing to do. And the Broncos coaches, including Fangio, offensive coordinator Pat Shermer, liked how Brett Rippon handled himself, especially how quickly he delivered the ball and didn't get sacked. The Broncos had plenty of their own information about Rippon. He arrived as an undrafted rookie just after the 2019 draft, and the coaches have seen him in two training camps. So it was a great step forward for the Broncos, a win. But now you wonder, with the Broncos, who entered the game 30th in the NFL in scoring and 29th in total offense for a step up with Rippon, he pushed the ball downfield. He hit Jerry he hit Jerry Judy in the second quarter. He jumped up and snatched the ball away and uh, from Desir, and he also hit Tim Patrick on a 40-yarder later in the quarter. So when you look at the overall uh, situation with Rippon, he hit his first 9 of 11 passes for 141 yards, had a 111 uh, quarterback rating. And after the th- end of the third quarter, he was 15 to 21 for 187 yards. So it wasn't a perfect night for the young man. It wasn't uh, historic. It won't go in the Hall of Fame as a beauty situation. But from a standpoint of getting a win and playing hard and avoiding sacks, all the things you want for a young quarterback on three days notice, I thought he played and represented himself and the Rippon family very well. You wonder now with, uh, of course, Drew Locke on the shelf with the shoulder injury, if they're going to keep it going with Rippon, allow him another chance. Uh, the Broncos signed veteran quarterback Blake Bortles last week, who's no great shakes. We know what he's all about. Uh, he's average at best. And so Fangio said, we'll have some extra time and extra opportunity to watch some film. We'll take a look at the tape, analyze it, and go with who we think is the best to play next week in New England. So some interesting developments there, but a very entertaining, and I didn't think I'd ever say this with the Jets game. It was some back and forth early, a competitive game, but I just felt the cheap shots with the league. And I think the league probably will come down on Greg Williams and say, man, you got to clean this stuff up. It's a bad look for football doing these shots and understand getting to a quarterback cleanly, but trying to take cheap shots on a young guy to try to rattle him. That's directly from the Greg Williams playbook. It did not work last night. Once again, as the Broncos find a way in this one, as I said, 37-28 Thursday night football on Fox at MetLife Stadium. Broncos now 1-3. So that's what happened in the NFL. And once again, when you see that, uh, Brett Rippon, no Mark Rippon. They're not the same. Two different type of quarterbacks. Uh, Brett's more mobile. Mark was uh, definitely more stationary. Brett's able to get out. Mark would laugh about his lack of mobility, but he did enough back there to move around. But he had a great pocket to work with. And, of course, a t- little taller and, of course, a deeper thrower than is Brett. But I know he's a proud uncle this morning. And as we continue the show this morning, please give us a call, 804-327-0888. We're going to segue now into the Major League scoreboard. And yesterday, a lot of excitement. And a guy that, if you listen in the distance, you'll hear some crows back there somewhere. As Ben Maitland, folks, this guy, you talk about, yeah, there you go. 
Ben Maitland flying high this morning as Anderson and company, the Braves shut out, not only beat them, shut out the Braves, sweeping the series. Uh, I know you got confetti all over you, Ben, but if you have a moment, could you please uh, come down for the clouds for a second? Got to feel absolutely phenomenal with that sweep and a 5 nothing win over the Reds. And the Reds are, I think it was... Pete Rose's days, the last time they won a series? I mean, can you shed any light on this situation? But I know you're happy, and congratulations to you and the Braves. Yeah, thank you. It was good to finally get over the hump and win a postseason series, something that mattered to get on to uh, to the next round. There's still more work to be done um, when they hit up to or over to Houston next week to start the National League Division Series against either the Chicago Cubs or the Miami Marlins, who were rained out yesterday for Game 2. Their, their Game 2 will be played this afternoon and then a Game 3 if necessary in that series on Saturday. That'll be the opponent, one of those two teams for the Braves. Like I said, good to finally get over the hump. Thank goodness. Uh, It was close again yesterday. uh, No score uh, through the middle part of the game until you got to the fifth, and and Ronald Acuna drove in the first run of the game for Atlanta with an RBI double. Uh, He had a pretty good day at the plate. I think went three for five ultimately, uh, including that uh, RBI double that scored Austin Riley in the fifth uh, for the first run of the game. And you know, they, uh, they tacked on a couple more runs late. Marcelo Zuna added a, uh, a two-run homer late in the going in the eighth inning off of Rysel Iglesias, the uh, closer for the Reds, who's got really, really good stuff. The Reds, I tip my cap to them uh, on the pitching front. They were incredibly tough to deal with. Uh, between Trevor Bauer and Luis Castillo and then uh, Iglesias coming in, they had some, some arms that they trotted out to throw at Atlanta, and it was everything Atlanta could do to put up, uh, I guess, a combined – six runs in, in two games to uh, to get the sweep over Cincinnati. But Acuna added the double to get on the board first again. Osuna, uh, hit that two-run homer in the eighth inning to to give him a little bit more insurance, make it 3 nothing. Adam Duvall comes up a couple of batters later. He adds a two-run shot of his own to make it 5 nothing, And it was uh, Mark Melanson who was called on to seal things up and hand the Braves uh, their first postseason victory, uh, first postseason series victory in quite some time ballpark that we've been uh, photographing all day will grow. Suarez lines to left and that'll do it. The Atlanta Braves have won their first postseason series in 19 years. 19 years. I don't know was where it I was. Was it me or did I, hear, did I hear that sound as soon as that happened? I thought I heard that out there in Central Virginia oh, at Ben's I, house. Yeah, uh, I, huh? I, I cracked open one in celebration. It was. I can imagine. It was, I can uh, imagine. It was awesome to see. There's, again, a lot more work still to be done. Uh this is an organization that, as you just heard, has had a lot of trouble getting over the hump. No matter what the series is, they've they've lost in the wild card round. Uh, they were the the guinea pig team, or one of the guinea pig teams for the wild card game back in 2012, and lost to St. Louis. Uh, they've lost their last couple of trips to the division series against the Dodgers. So I would still like to get past the NLDS and, and have a shot at the pennant and get to uh, to Arlington, where the LCS is hosted or being uh, being hosted, being played and have a shot to maybe get to the World Series. So next week, they start that series on Tuesday against either, again, the Marlins or the Cubs, and we'll see how the how the chips fall. A very impressive day for Ian Anderson also with nine strikeouts. That kid looked awesome. Um, he did not look uh, phased by the moment or anything like that. I know there's no fans in attendance, and you know there's only so much noise you can make in a, a postseason environment with nobody in attendance. But to just scatter two hits over six scoreless and, and strike out nine, very, very impressive by the young men yesterday. All right, congratulations again on order to our own Ben Maitland and his Atlanta Braves advancing with a 2-0 sweep over the Reds. Ben, this one 
was an absolute Donnybrook. The Athletics win the series, which I didn't see this coming, 6-4. to four. They win this one. They win the series two games to one. In this game, Ben, I thought you were going to get called out of the bullpen. I swear. 17, <laughs> yeah, 17 really. pitchers, folks. Listen to this. 17 pitchers were called into this game. Uh, most have uh, four or five tops. I mean, this 17. Uh, Montas gets the win. Marshall, the loss. Hendricks, the save. Hendricks was really dominant in his save performance. But what can you say about these A's that seem to get timely hitting? Of course, Pinder delivered a timely hit, and the A's advanced to the playoffs at last. It ended 14 years of postseason futility. So hats off to the A's. I guess that uh, cyber metrics is working out well for them. Uh, finally, uh, <laughs> you could say the same thing about Oakland that you just said about Atlanta as far as you just mentioned 14 years of postseason futility ending yesterday with them finally getting through a series now they have the same kind of problem Atlanta has they've got to get through the division series and kind of take the next step beyond you know now getting through the wild card round with the way things are set up this season Uh, Chad Pender had to go ahead to run single in the fifth Uh, a lot of costly walks by Chicago's relievers you mentioned how many pitchers were used in this game yesterday Um, it was tough to see the likes of uh, Garrett Crochet who uh, was just drafted earlier this season by the White, so- White Sox, came in the game, I think, in the second inning. They were kind of going with the bullpen method. It had ultimately ended up both teams went with the bullpen method, but especially the White Sox on their side. Uh, he had to leave, I think, with uh, forearm tightness, which is never a good sign. Uh, that kid has electric stuff. I hated to see him have to exit the game that early. Uh, but the A's came back. You know, They lost the opener and then come back and went on consecutive days at home at the Coliseum to get to the division series uh, against their – Hated rival, I, I would say hated, certainly the Houston Astros. That uh, series will start up Monday at Dodger Stadium out in Los Angeles. Uh, stopping a nine-game losing streak in winner-take-all postseason games. How about this for a nugget? Uh, that was a major league record, a nine-game losing streak in winner-take-all postseason games that dated back to the 73 World Series, I think against the wow. Mets. If you, You'd have to go back that far. Um, Back when the A's, I think, were in the middle of that, uh, or right at the tail end of that run of three straight World Series championships with the likes of Reggie Jackson and uh, you know, Vita Blue, and you can go on down the list as far as big-name guys for those 70s A's teams. They had lost six consecutive playoff rounds. How about Catfish Hunter? Let me throw yeah, that one Catfish Hunter. Yeah, I was trying to run through my, my old-school <laughs> Oakland A's there for a second. Joe Rudy probably, would be, I think, was on all yep. those teams, too. Uh, but they had lost, yes, yeah, six consecutive playoff rounds as well since sweeping the Twins all the way back in 2006. Uh, in the division series so a big relief for Bob Melvin and everybody and you mentioned Liam Hendricks uh, being on the mound to seal things he faced Nomar Mazzara to uh, try to close things out for the A's yesterday and that's what the uh, this is what the 27th out sounded like at the Coliseum as the A's move on to the ALDS here's his 2-2 Mazzara takes strike three called And a win, a long time coming for the A's franchise that has had so much regular season success and so little in the postseason. Hey, Ben, let me tell you something. He was bringing it. And I mean, it was the express train. He was not fooling around, and he had a lot of emotion, as did the A's in this one. And we want to move on to that Cardinals-Padres series. Ben, I'm watching this game closely. The Padres get down 4-0. Yep. And I'm like, uh-oh. I thought they were in the trouble. Cardinals, yeah, I thought they were done. Cardinals were just running away with this. And as the game went on, Fernando Tantis, and maybe you have a cut, maybe you don't, but I'll tell you what, you have plenty of action there to pick from because he hit 
He and Will Myers each hit two home runs, and Manny Machado also connected. But when you look at this, the Padres stay alive, which we talked about yesterday, because they have the bats to do so. The worst thing for anybody in baseball is that that uh, big hitting crew of the Padres come to life. Pagan gets the win. Ponce de Leon, the loss. Rosenthal gets the save. 11-9 to comeback. This was the game of the day for me. Your take. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was cool. Cool to see San Diego come back like that. They finally kind of remembered, uh, or maybe not remembered, but they finally lived up to who they have been all year. You know, the whole the Slam Diego moniker that was coined by Don Rosillo, their TV play-by-play guy with all the grand slams that the team has hit this year uh, during the regular season. They they did what they what they've done or did during the regular season. That was hit the ball out of the ballpark. You mentioned Fernando Tatis having a big night. Uh, hitting a three-run shot, Manny Machado, Machado, excuse me, following with a solo shot of his own to tie uh, the game at uh, six apiece in a four-run sixth inning, and then uh, the very next inning you come up and uh, Will Myers hits uh, a big homer to go up and take the lead. Tatis homers again in back-to-back innings, and they end up with that 11-9 victory. Like you said, to stay alive in this best of three series, they'll play again this evening out at Petco Park uh, to see if they can advance. Uh, on to the uh, to the next round, I believe, where they would take on the Dodgers uh, starting next week in the National League Division Series, whoever comes out of this. Uh, I mentioned Manny Machado. Or, sorry, go ahead, Jamie. No, go ahead. I just uh, was excited about the Tatis bat flip, and I know oh, yeah. that's something we were just unbelievable. <laughs> when he when he hit that home run, he said, hey, here, take this. So. I don't think it was his ve- the best bat flip he's ever done. The best one probably came in the, the Venezuelan Winter League a few years ago where he sent one into the sky. I don't think that has landed yet. So Okay. Um, but anyway, I uh, mentioned Manny Machado hitting the uh, the game-tying homer out at San Diego or, or San Diego's beautiful Petco Park. Would love to catch a game out there at some point, especially a playoff game. Uh, man, if only fans were in attendance for this, I know they'd be going crazy out in uh, San Diego. You stay classy, San Diego, also, by the way. Manny Machado <laughs> at the plate, uh, game-tying homer, and take it away, Manny. 16 home runs in the regular season for Machado. Just... One off of Tatis's pace. And that one's launched to left field. They go back to back. Padres have tied it with Tatis and Machado. So, again, yeah, the fireworks weren't done after that. You had Will Myers uh, and then Tatis again later on to propel San Diego to a much-needed win in an elimination game. And they were all set to play game three out there again tonight. And one final game before we head to break, of course, the L.A. Dodgers. Congratulations to them. They win their series 3-0. to zero. Clayton Kershaw, look like Clayton Kershaw of old. Yes, he did. Striking out 13 in this one as the Dodgers eliminate the Brewers. And he was absolutely spectacular, the capital S. He's 1-0. Woodruff, the loss, and greater role, the save. Of course, the other game was the Marlins and Cubs postponed. But, Ben, real quick before we head to break on this Dodgers group, they got the hitting. They're getting the pitching. Kershaw returning to what he used to be and looking. I mean, this looks like a vintage Kershaw performance. Another scary team for your Braves and other teams out there to watch is this team. You don't want to face the Dodgers. They just have so much talent across the board. Yeah, they do. It, he really turned back the clock last night. Uh, what I was able to watch, I uh, wasn't able to catch the whole game. I, it was, you know, those West Coast start times, man. That that factors into your bedtime here on the East Coast. <laughs> so yeah. I caught a, a few more of the highlights this morning, but just you could tell from the jump that that he had it. Um, the few innings I watched last night, I was like, the, the Brew Crew is in trouble. Um, I mean, they're, they've got talent over there. They've still got Christian Yelich, who kind of had a down year this year in the regular season. I don't think I think they can retool and revamp 
and uh, they'll keep him around certainly for a while. I think he's locked up actually for the next X amount of years there in Milwaukee. Yelich is, I believe, signed an extension not long ago. Craig Council's a good manager. I think they'll be back, but it was too much going up against this again potent LA lineup, um, and then a great performance again by their by their veteran, by the guy who's going to be in the Hall of Fame here at some point in the near future, whenever he decides to call it quits in Clayton Kershaw. First ballot, no questions asked, Hall of Famer. Um, the bugaboo with him has always been the uh, the postseason performances and the postseason record. Um, he came in with a 9-11 record and a 4-4-3 ERA in the playoffs. So he kind of put a little, little of that to rest last night. I think if he had had a rough outing uh, last night at Dodger Stadium, you would have heard some other people crowing, and, and not me. Uh, about him, his uh, po- his postseason track record, uh, but he kind of put that to bed last night. He'll try to do that again, the same thing as he gets to the uh, division series. Absolutely, it and was something else. It as was far as the uh, Clayton Kershaw led Dodgers, eight innings pitched, three hits, thirteen struck out, and just an amazing night for the future Hall of Famers. Ben said, "We're going to take a timeout this morning on the Sports King Show. Come back. We got the NFL to look at. Going to break down the games. I'll give you my picks and more as the Sports King rolls on Friday morning." Hi, this is Carpenter, Virginia native, Keith, Mr. Jennings, formerly of the Golden State Warriors. And you are listening to a man who can shoot the three almost as good as me. It's the Sports King, Jamie King, on Sports 106.1. At CMA's Colonial Honda, moving lives forward is what they do. That includes volunteering to support local charities like the Virginia Breast Cancer Foundation, St. Jude Children's Hospital, the Ask Childhood Cancer Foundation, and more. In fact, over the past two years, CMA's Colonial Honda has donated over $30,000, plus a brand new Honda Accord EX valued at over $28,000 to support local charities and organizations like the St. Jude Dream Home Giveaway. Moving lives forward, it isn't just a catchy phrase, it's a firm belief. CMA's Colonial Honda. Owners just do more. With 19 NCAA Division I sports and 84 majors, Coastal Carolina University affords student-athletes the competition and learning they crave. From FBS football to ladies volleyball, from championship baseball to ladies lacrosse, from business to theater arts, Coastal Carolina University offers a depth of learning both on the field and in the classroom. Eager ambition is a hallmark of students and faculty at Coastal Carolina University. Schedule a tour and learn more at coastal.edu. You're listening to the guy that was once addicted to brake fluid. But please don't worry, he says he can stop at any time. It's the Sports King on Sports 1061. And we welcome you back on this Friday morning Facebook Live. Good morning to all of you. Sports 106, good morning to all of you driving into work today. Listening from around the country, internationally, we hello, say hello to folks in London, Puerto Rico. We appreciate all of you tuning in, even out there in sunny California, 4.35 o'clock out there. Boy, they, they're getting up early in California to listen to Sports King, and I appreciate you very much. We want to turn our attention to the NFL, and I've gone on record saying Adam Gase is awful. A coordinator. Maybe a good coordinator. I, I don't see that either, but... You know, in looking and analyzing, trying to give somebody the benefit of the doubt, and Adam Gase, after last night's loss to the Broncos and Brett Rippon, 37-28, to when asked about his job security afterwards, he said the usual. You know, we're working to get this thing right. I'm not happy about this. I know we can play better and not beat ourselves. And when he was asked why anyone should believe he's the right man for the job, he said, hey, this is what I do. This is what this coaching staff does. 
This is adversity in the NFL. No, this is not what you do. You are not leading this team. They are regressing, not progressing. Ben Maitland just informed me moments ago that this Jets franchise is 0-4. First time in history of this franchise, they started 0-4 in back-to-back years. So when you look at that as a Jets fan, and you look at this guy, and it's not something where they didn't lose 37-36 to and were in it the whole way. They lost the game. Let's face it, they lost the game. But it was the way they lost with the cheap penalties, the late hits, undisciplined. I can take a lot if I was an owner. If I see the heart and the effort and the progression of a team, I can say, you know what, that's the right guy or we're on the right path. This team's not on the right path. They're a cheap shot team. They're a late hit team. They're undisciplined, and they're not good. Let's face it. Sam Darnold, this experiment with him, I don't see it. If you feel different, 804-327-0888. I just don't see Sam Darnold as the guy. Hi, sports fans. This is Hall of Famer Andre the Hawk Dawson of the Chicago Cubs. You're listening to a guy who hits a home run with every show. It's the Sports King with Jamie King on Sports 106.1. Friends, if you suffer from foot or ankle pain, have I got the solution for you. It's my great friend, Dr. Paul Ross of the Podiatry Centers of Springfield, Virginia and Bethesda, Maryland. Dr. Ross is a world-renowned surgeon and is widely considered as one of the top podiatrists in the world. He has helped over 240,000 people during his illustrious career, and I am happy to tell you that I'm one of them. From bunions to bone spurs, for foot problems big and small, he and his outstanding staff give five-star treatment to everyone who visits his office. If you can't make it in, that's no problem. Just contact the offices of Dr. Paul Ross to schedule a one-on-one virtual meeting. Dr. Ross is a proven expert. If you're looking for an answer to your foot and ankle problems, Look no further than the best in the field and reach out today to Dr. Paul Ross in the Podiatry Centers of Springfield, Virginia and Bethesda, Maryland. In Springfield, Virginia, the number is 571-267-1936. In Bethesda, Maryland, the number 301-660-8225. Call today and tell them the Sports King sent you. At CMA's Colonial Honda, moving lives forward is what they do as a team. That includes volunteering to support local charities and our community, like the Virginia Breast Cancer Foundation, St. Jude Children's Hospital, the Ask Childhood Cancer Foundation, and more. In fact, over the past two years, CMA's Colonial Honda has donated over $30,000 to local charities, plus a brand new Honda Accord EX worth over $28,000. All the money they have raised has gone to support local charities and organizations like the St. Jude Dream Home Giveaway. But they need your help continuing to spread the message and bring awareness to those in need. We can beat cancer with your support. Head to CMA's Colonial Honda today and ask how you can help. Moving lives forward, it isn't just a catchy phrase, it's a firm belief. From everyone at CMA's Colonial Honda, thank you for your continued support. Visit cmascolonialhonda.com. Owners just do more. Welcome back. You're listening to a man who is cooler than the other side of the pillow. It's the Sports King on Sports 106.1. All right, had a little technical glitch, but we're back in action. Here we go on this Friday morning, getting back to the NFL roundup. The Colts and Bears, once again, I like the Bears. Give the two and a half. I think it stands up at Soldier Field. That's on Sunday. The Jaguars-Bengals, that one, uh, Joe Burrow against, uh, who knows, Gardner Minshew or whoever they're going to throw out there. should be exciting from a standpoint of two young guys. Of course, people would think Minshew would have the advantage here. 
But I'm taking Joe Burrow at home, the three points. I think they win this game by at least seven. They'll get their first victory, I think, this weekend in a game probably not going to be the number one game people will be watching. Let's face it, Bengals-Jaguars, 1 o'clock, the line three, over under 48.5. I think it could go under the total. I don't think the Jaguars are going to score a ton of points in this one. That's just my take. Elsewhere, the Cleveland Browns, Winners over the Washington football team last weekend head to Dallas. And could there be more of a must-win game right now for the Cowboys? They've got to win at home. They've got to get back on winning track. They want to even their record. Dallas is favored in this one, minus 4.5, over under 56. I believe the Cowboys are going to win this game. Uh, Could be a field goal, could be a touchdown in that range. So I would basically... I would go with the Cowboys, give the four and a half, over under 56. I don't know if they're going to get there. Dak Prescott needs a game this weekend against Baker Mayfield. They're capable. The Browns are playing a little bit better offensively, so they are capable. But Dak Prescott and that Cowboys organization, who are tied with the Washington football team in the NFC East, I can't believe I'm saying this, but they are, need to start separating themselves if they want to become one of the elite teams in the NFC East. And the Cowboys, once again, 1 o'clock, host the Browns. The Saints and the Lions of Gary Bagwell, who is in Florida, and he loves his Lions. The Saints 1-2, and two, the Lions 1-2. and two. This one at Ford Field in Detroit. New Orleans favored by four, over under 54.5. I think this game goes over the post of total. I think there'll be a lot of points in this one. Matthew Stafford, or as Gary calls him, Matthew Stadsford, because I'm not very happy with the fact that he puts up big numbers, but they don't win. They don't win. Matt Patricia, of course. Hot seat getting hotter, one and two over the Lions. I look at the Saints going in there, getting everything right. They've got uh, Thomas back, their top receiver. He'll be back in the starting lineup. So I think that's going to be enough to get the excitement going for the Saints. In a shootout, I think the Saints win this one by 7-10, to 10, take the over in the 54-and-a-half of the Saints-Lions game. Elsewhere, the Seahawks take on the Dolphins. This one at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida. The Seahawks favored by 6.5, over under 53.5. Don't know if it's going to hit the over 53, but you never know. And I always tell you out there, those of you that are fantasy fans or wagering fans, in regards to Ryan Fitzpatrick, what do you get? Like Forrest Gump in that box of chocolates, you don't know what you're going to get ever. He could come out and throw the five touchdowns. Conversely, you could throw the five interceptions. We just don't know what you're going to get. He scares me. He's just that guy you don't know until he gets to the yard. If he's feeling good, he's throwing it all over the field. He can stay in a game with anybody. Seahawks and Dolphins. I expect Fitzpatrick to keep in this one. I, I think the Seahawks will win and pull away. Seven to ten is the number. So I would give the six and a half, but I give it very lightly because of the, the mystery card, which is Ryan Fitzpatrick. You just don't know what to do with this guy. Seahawks three and oh, one and oh away. The Dolphins one and two, oh and one away. Once again, six and a half is the number. I think they cover that in a fifty-three and a half. I don't know about that. Russell Wilson is coming into this game red hot, as you well know. Elsewhere, the Chargers against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are going to win this ball game. The line is seven. I expect it to be ten to thirteen. I think they'll win easily, improving to three and one over the Chargers. This game over under forty three and a half. I think it will go over the posted total as the offense for Tampa Bay is getting more on track. Tom Brady getting more comfortable there. And, of course, you've got some guys on the other side, Keenan Allen 
is doing well. Austin Eckler, the running back for Los Angeles, is also doing well. But it'll be too much Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Mike Evans and company this weekend. The Buccaneers will win easy, and I think it goes over the 43-and-a-half. The Ravens against the Washington football team in FedEx, Landover, Maryland, the site. The Ravens are favored by 14, over under 45.5. No Chase Young in this one for the Washington football team. Still out with a groin injury. Dwayne Haskins in a must-win situation for him, or they're going to start looking over his shoulder because this guy's just not getting it done. He needs to play out of his mind to show people he can compete with the likes of Lamar Jackson, which he will not be able to do. The line is 14 in this one. I've got it at least 20-plus. I think this will be a blowout. I think Haskins is going to find his way to the bench. It'll be Kyle Allen or maybe Alex Smith next week. That's my take. I just don't see Haskins responding well. I haven't seen enough to give me any confidence that the kid has it in him. I think the pick was not the great pick that we needed at quarterback. Uh, he had a couple good games at Ohio State, but not enough to say, hey, this is a guy you got to go with. It's such a high pick. I never saw that in him. I, I mean, he's an okay player, but he's not a great player. He's not going to elevate a franchise. So in this one, 20-plus, I think, is the number. I think they're going to blow him out. Baltimore, 14, the number, 45.5. And, yes, it pains me to say that, but the Washington football team getting worse and regressing right now. And it's not a good look whatsoever. Meanwhile, you've got an injured Ravens team, injured in terms of their spirits after getting blown out by the world champs. They're going to come into FedEx, and they've got a chip on their shoulder wanting to put this one away. And I expect this one will be done early. So by halftime, you can go out and do some shopping or whatever you want because this one will be over quickly. The Cardinals take on the Panthers and. Don't look now, but the Panthers could be heard right here on Sports 1061. Of course, Alabama as well and the Nick Saban Show all here on Sports 1061. Cardinals in this one are favored by three and a half, over under 51. I like the three and a half. I think the half gets it done for the Panthers. I think it'll be competitive, and I think it will be a very high-scoring game. 51, I think, will fall, so go over the posted total, and I'll take the Cardinals in this one. Uh, but I do like the three and a half in the Panthers. So I think the Cardinals win the game, but I think the Panthers cover in this one with the half point. Vikings take on the Texans. Our good friend Kirk Cousins, you know how we feel about old Kurt. Uh, you like that, Minnesota? Yeah, we didn't like it here either. $84 million later, you're 0-3. How's that looking now? NRG Stadium, Houston Texans. The Texans favored by four over under 54. I think it'd probably be a field goal game back and forth, but I think... Whenever I look at quarterback matchups, I like Deshaun Watson more than Kirk Cousins in terms of what he does with his legs. So I'll take the Texans. I think it's a field goal game, probably under the 54. So take the Texans, but give the points. Uh, the Giants and the Rams will play at 4.05, your first 4 o'clock game on the day. The Rams favored by 13. And Joe Judge, how's that working out there, Joe, with your discipline and your tough guy approach to your G-men? Well, you're 0-3. You're soon to be 0-4. The line is 13. Everywhere I've looked at this game, I look at a double-digit win for the Rams. I think that show is just going to just churn the Giants up. Their secondary is awful. Their defense is awful. Jerry Goff at home. Uh, I just like the Rams here. I think it'll be a 21-point bulge in this one, over under 48. They're going over the post of the total. The G-men can't score, and the Rams are just going to blow them out. That game will be at brand-new SoFi Stadium, Inglewood, California. The Patriots at 425 take on the Chiefs in the game of the day for me. 
the world champs, and Cam Newton's going to come in there and say, hey, I'm every bit as good as this guy, Patrick Mahomes. He's not, but he's going to try to show that he is. The 53 could be over the posted total. I think there's going to be a lot of points in this one, Cam Newton trying to come back and keep pace. But if they go three and out several times, that's all the Chiefs need. It's all over. The Chiefs 3-0, and the Patriots 2-1. and And this is a big game for Cam Newton, for Bill Belichick. They need to show they can keep pace with a team like the Chiefs. They cannot they will not. The Chiefs will win this one by at least 10 to 13, and it will go over the posted total. So take the Chiefs all day at home until somebody stops Patrick Mahomes. I say, you know, good luck on you because I just don't see it happening. Elsewhere, the Bills and the Raiders, Legion Stadium. I like the Bills to win this one by a field goal. Buffalo favored by three. So there you go, over under. I think it's going to stay under the posted total, but I like the Bills to improve the 4 0 in a close one. Eagles at Niners. Niners all day. Seven's the number 46 over the posted total. I like the Niners to blow out the Eagles, who are just abysmal. Steelers and Titans are postponed due to the coronavirus. We know that. And your Monday night affair will be the Falcons at the Packers. Green Bay, seven and a half, 56. I like the Packers, but I like Matty Ice. I think they'll lose again. By seven, but take the seven and a half in the Falcons. And that's your look at this weekend's NFL action. Now we turn back to the studio and we got Ben Maitland in our final moments. Ben, let's go through that Major League Baseball rundown for today. What have you got for us? Thank you, Jamie. Good morning again. Yeah, it's uh, Friday, October 2nd. Um, happy October to everybody also, by the way. Did mention that yesterday. Now that we are officially into the month of October uh, for the MLB postseason, uh, feels like postseason baseball. Um, and you've got two games on the docket today. Of course, the Marlins and the Cubs were postponed yesterday, so that will be a game two uh, getting underway this afternoon, just after two o'clock Eastern Time, two o eight, a first pitch on ABC. Uh, and, and real quick, Ben, I yes. just want to add, you you love this Sixto Sanchez for Miami. I do. You've been a big fan of his going against you, Darvish. Who gets the edge here? I uh, I'm going to say it goes to a game three, and the Cubs find a way to stay alive until Saturday, and uh, okay, and you'll have a do or die game on Saturday afternoon. Uh, again, Darvish versus Sixto Sanchez. It's the same matchup that was supposed to be yesterday before the postponement. Game two, again, Marlins-Cubs, 208 first pitch on ABC at Wrigley Field. And then your nightcap later on this evening, a 708 first pitch Eastern Standard Time or East Coast Time. Uh, Jack Flaherty getting the ball for the St. Louis Cardinals in an elimination game. Game three of that series, Cardinals-Padres. Nobody announced yet for San Diego. Again, as we mentioned yesterday, no Mike Clevenger and no Denelson Lamette available for San Diego as far as being able to start. So I'm kind of anxious to see how the Padres approach this if they go with a bullpen type of a uh, type of lineup like uh, the White Sox and A's did yesterday. How they fill that void to try to advance to the uh, to the National League Division Series again, Cardinals Padres 7:08 on ESPN later tonight. And Ben, is it Lamette or the French pronunciation Lemay? For a long what time, I thought it was LeMay. Uh, just like Luis Robert, I thought it was Robert uh, for the Chicago White Sox. And silly me, uh, it is Luis Robert and Denelson Lamette. So, um, okay, in our final couple of minutes, uh, as we head to Big Al Sportsman, which you'll be there right away here in just a couple of minutes, what's Big Al got coming up next? Uh, in the next show here on Sportsman with uh, with Big Al and Sports 106.1, just to hit a few high points, we will have Dennis Bickmeyer, the president at Richmond Raceway, along with Perry Miller, who is the president and CEO over at Richmond International Airport, on about 8.45 to talk uh, some racing, some NASCAR action as they head out to Talladega Super Speedway this weekend, round two of the uh, Cup Series playoffs, um, uh, the middle race of round two of the Cup Series playoffs at Talladega. Always a wild affair uh, at the Talladega Super Speedway. That coming up this weekend, we'll talk racing with those gentlemen. And then in the second hour, we'll have our guy Derby Bill looking at the Preakness, which runs tomorrow. 
um, the final leg of the Triple Crown as far as horse racing is concerned. He'll be on around 9 o'clock. And then we have a guy, Matthew Paris. He is the beat writer for the Washington football team, writes for the Washington Times. He'll be on to talk about uh, your both of your favorite teams, the Washington football team, formerly known as the Redskins. Uh, that'll be around, <laughs> I think, around the, the 9.30 uh, time slot as far as getting Matthew on. And I'm sure Chase Young will be brought up along with some other things as they look forward to the Ravens this weekend. Ben, as we close it out, if you were looking at one sport event this weekend other than your beloved Atlanta Braves, what is on your radar for watching this weekend? Uh, well, of course, the uh, baseball action today. Uh, maybe you get a Game 3 tomorrow afternoon up at Wrigley between the Marlins and Cubs if the Cubs come back and win today. Uh, the race at Talladega, again, should be pretty wild. And then, of course, the NFL action um, this weekend. We'll see, like you said, if, if the Bills can go 4-0, I think they can. I'll be, uh, I'll have my eyes kind of peeled for the um, – for the NFL slate of games, too. A lot going on. Yeah, you got Texas A&M, Alabama, heard here on Sports 1061. You also have Auburn and Georgia on the college side. Two great games for Saturday and Sunday. That one I've circled is, uh, of course, Kansas City and New England. That should be a lot of fun, a lot of excitement. So that's going to wrap it up for this Friday edition. I hope you guys have had a great week. Don't touch that dial, though. The man himself out there working Man, he's got himself in a lather in the bullpen. He's coming on in just a minute. Big Al Sports Phone on the way with Ben Maitland. They've got a ton of show for you. A lot of excitement coming your way. For Ben, I'm Jamie. Have a great rest of your Friday. We'll see you Monday for the next edition of the Sports King Show. Coastal Carolina University offers you the academic experiences you need to succeed after college. From marine science to computer science, from theater to music technology, from hospitality management to health administration, there is a place for you at Coastal Carolina University. With inspired learning opportunities in the classroom, in the field, online, and around the world, Coastal Carolina offers the opportunities to support and empower your success. Visit coastal.edu to learn more. At CMA's Colonial Honda, moving lives forward is what they do. That includes volunteering to support local charities like the Virginia Breast Cancer Foundation, St. Jude Children's Hospital, the Ask Childhood Cancer Foundation, and more. In fact, over the past two years, CMA's Colonial Honda has donated over $30,000, plus a brand new Honda Accord EX valued at over $28,000 to support local charities and organizations like the St. Jude Dream Home Giveaway. Moving lives forward, it isn't just a catchy phrase, it's a firm belief. CMA's Colonial Honda, owners just do more.